0: Happy New Year, accumulators and decumulators. Welcome back to the Functional Retirement Podcast where we get technical about your wealth, philosophical about your purpose, and inspirational on your fitness. I'm your host, Thatcher Taylor, and today we're going to discuss whether or not Social Security and Medicare are ready for you and a couple changes that are going to affect your Social Security decisions. There's essentially going to be five topics of discussion. Customer service disability, 2024 cost of living adjustments. Yeah. You're all getting a little bonus, maybe inherited IRAs and reverse mortgages. There have been developments in the past year or two that could lead to some operational difficulties and really complex decisions around social security and Medicare for you and potentially beneficiaries. I'm going to review the list here and you're going to start to see how these elements of complexity could lead to a difficult experience as you start to decide when you're going to take your social security. These are going to directly affect you in most cases. Okay, so let's dive in and try to stay to the end. This one won't be as long, but number five is the reverse mortgage component. That one's very complex. You're going to have to hang with me on that one. But it could be an awesome tool as you go into retirement. And before we get to number one, I just want to say thank you to everyone for watching and listening. There's been a lot of activity on the podcast here just in the past month or two. So thank you very much. Please make sure to leave a review or a comment and I'll try to turn those reviews and comments maybe into an actual video. That's where a lot of these ideas stem is what you want to hear. So without further ado, let's get in to number one one. The first element that could be complex is that social security, the administration is understaffed. They've been laying off people like crazy lately and at the worst time because about 12,000 people are going to turn age 65 every day in 2024. 4 million people in 2024 are going to turn sixty-five. So that's going to put a substantial burden on social security decisions, but more importantly, Medicare decisions. It's going to bog down the administration. It could be a disaster. So I wanted to implement this to tell you to plan ahead. Don't wait till the last moment. Get started on this. Social security and Medicare are not two things that you get to just put off and be like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get to it later. I know they're age dependent. But you can put things in place and fill out applications at the right time. And if you're wanting to make good decisions around Social Security and Medicare, a lot of times you want to speak to someone at the Social Security Administration. So there may be a delay. So planning ahead can help. Social Security and Medicare are very complex. The rules are the rules, but they're very complex. There are a lot of options. So make sure you're planning and preparing as you go in. these decision windows for Medicare and social security. All right. So number two has to deal with social security disability insurance. You hear me talk a lot about health. If you follow me on any one of my social media platforms, you hear me talk about health all the time and it's becoming more and more common for people to apply for social security disability benefits. The funny thing about the social security disability benefit is its definition of disability is one of the most rigorous that I know of. And only about 35% of disability claims are approved initially. So if you're thinking about social security disability, you need to be ready to put some time behind whether or not you're going to be approved. And I thought it would just be interesting to read you the definition. Even if you're not disabled, or maybe you don't know of anybody that's disabled, that's fine. But I thought this definition would be really, really fun to read. Here's the definition, and I quote, the law defines disability and the social security law, we should say, defines disability as the inability to do any substantial gainful activity by reason of any medically determinable physical or mental impairment, which can be expected to result in death or which has lasted or can be expected to last for a continuous period of not less than 12 months. To meet this definition, you must have a severe impairment that makes you unable to do your past relevant work or any other substantial gainful work that exists in the national economy. It is rigorous. The definition here and recent changes to the disability application process has led to a backlog. If this applies to you or someone you know, a family member, plan ahead and be patient. This could be a long process, but no, it is possible. Just don't get discouraged and keep fighting for what you deserve from the social security administration. Okay, let's get to something more fun. Number three is the cost of living adjustment. So everyone who's receiving social security is going to get a little raise, 3.2%. Now that's not as much as we've seen the past couple of years. I think last year was 8.7% but it's still a cost of living adjustment nonetheless. But there's a potential concern for Medicare enrollees because the cost of living adjustment has some rules that apply to it. And one of them is the hold harmless rule because that protects an individual's monthly social security payment From decreasing because of an increase in the Medicare Part B premium. So, not only are you getting a boost in your Social Security benefit, but you're also receiving a boost in the premium paid on a monthly basis to your Medicare Part B. This comes out most likely from your Social Security check every month. You don't even see it, it just happened. So, this all becomes an issue when the cost of living adjustment is so low that it lacks the ability to offset the Medicare Part B premium increases. So you need to be aware that there's a rule to help protect this. So here's an example. The standard Medicare Part B premium will increase by $9.80 per month in 2024. So that's from $164.90 in 2023 to $174.70 per month, rising almost 6%. So the adjustment to your Medicare premium on a monthly basis is up almost basically $10 a month or $120 a year. For the average social security recipient, the COLA will increase the retirement benefit by essentially $59 a month. The average is $1,848 to $1,907. So there is a lot of room to cover the Medicare Part Part B increases without reducing the net benefits. Because that's the big concern here is there is a cost of living adjustment, but the Medicare increases. So you're actually negative each month. So your, your your take home from your social security paycheck is a little bit smaller. This is something to be aware of if there are smaller cost of living adjustments in the future. I guess number three is more of just good news for you. So I'm here to deliver good news. And if you like good news, you came to the right place. So thank you for watching. Please make sure to subscribe or follow so we can continue to grow the channel. And if you need help with actually deciding when to take social security and how it plays into your retirement plan, go ahead and hit the link below. That's a link to the get started page. You fill out a little form. I reach out to you directly. We schedule a time to meet so we can start to achieve your goals and make good decisions about retirement. But That's all I have to say about that. Let's go on to number four. Okay, so number four is an unusual one as we discuss about inherited IRAs. And you're probably like, well, what does an inherited IRA have to do with Social Security? The reason an inherited IRA has to do with Social Security is because the beneficiary or the recipient of your IRA will most likely, as long as it's a non-spouse or not a a very specific beneficiary type that has changed here recently. If it's just a regular beneficiary, like a child or a relative, they are going to fall under the new 10 year required distribution rule. If they're old enough, say they're in their sixties and you're in your eighties and you pass away and they take your IRA and they have to start distributing assets that could potentially start bringing social security in to a taxable event. So this is more complex. In addition, if you're making too much money, you could be subject to IRMA surcharges for Medicare. So either an annual s- installments or one huge withdrawal after a decade of inheriting. So you might be taking little bits over n- eight or nine years of an inherited IRA. And then you have to withdraw it by the end of 10 years and pay the taxes on it. So you might have some big bumps at the end. The RMDs or the distributions from the inherited IRA could deliver substantial amounts of taxable income. If the beneficiary is still working, it couldn't specifically affect their tax bill because they could be in high tax brackets. If you're in your 60s and you're taking Medicare, it could fall into IRMA territory or IRMA has a two-year look back or Medicare surcharges, which makes your Medicare Part B premiums more expensive, that's IRMA. If this happened at age 63, they would look back and see that. So if the distributions happened at 63 and you had a big tax bill that year, you could expect to pay IRMA surcharges in that Medicare year. So those would lead to much higher Medicare premiums. So even more importantly, Secure Act 2.0 postponed the start of RMDs From age 72 to 73 or 75, depending on when you were born. So what this does is it provides even more time to build a sizable account because of the deferral, which is going to be larger tax dollars, even if this applied to a spouse. So what might be valuable for you is drawing down inherited IRAs during earlier years and just biting the bullet and taking the tax bill. This again is the decision window about age 60 to 70 where a lot of this stuff really makes a difference. Trying to exhaust that IRA, that inherited IRA may be more valuable. Using that income as a bridge to help protect social security benefits. If you saw my most recent episode, I think it was a week or two ago where I talk about the 62 to 70 bridge decision on whether or not you should take social security benefits or use your IRA. This could be a forced or a very simple bridge to use the IRA to protect your IRMA, future taxation of social security benefits, and larger RDs later. So the inherited IRA is a big one for individuals that are getting a little bit older, but also have older parents that may be passing away early. You need to be aware of this element. It could be a big one for you. Okay. So we're here to number five. We're getting towards the end. This is the most complex. So hang with me. So as we've talked about many times before, previous episodes and this one, postponing Social Security retirement benefits until age 70 has many advantages for individuals and married couples. It really does. Waiting may be financially challenging. So, really buckling down and trying to find ways to bridge that income to delay Social Security could be really, really valuable, but difficult. So, after you retire from work, you're no longer getting the paycheck you're not as comfortable now because you have to supplement income yourself, one way to bridge that gap is to tap home equity with a reverse mortgage. People have really put a stain on the reverse mortgage, but it's a really good tool that can be used to bridge income gaps if you use them. property. So here's what happened. In 2024, the Federal Housing Administration, the FHA, lending limit for home equity conversion mortgages, HECM, or uh, FHA insured reverse mortgage is increasing to 1.149 million. This can benefit homeowners in a couple different ways. The higher lending limit provides a larger lump sum available for mortgage exchange. So you have the ability to pull out a little bit more to protect your income. Maybe some uh, you need to do, but you don't have to use that full limit. It would come with some planning, but maybe there's a few years of income that could be supplemented. Homeowners who wish to purchase a new home. So say you're planning, you just need to supplement some income, but you still want another home in retirement. You can purchase a new home using reverse mortgage financing. You may find that a smaller down payment is required. This outcome preserves cash for any other retirement needs. And that helps In the deferment of Social Security benefits, you can get that maximum benefit. Because just think, you get to 70, you get the maximum benefit. The past three years from 67 to 70, you've got an 8% boost in what you're potentially going to receive in your Social Security benefit. You don't have to really worry about that income need as much afterwards. The bottom line is we're in a high interest rate environment. And with reverse mortgages, if there's any drop in interest rates and the lending limit increases, it favors seniors who want to be able to fill in that spending gap when they're trying to postpone Social Security benefits. Now, not everybody wants to so postpone. Some people want to take it right away. In fact, the podcast I did a couple of weeks ago about filling this gap from 62 to 70 with your IRA, trying to work through that decision, people are like, I don't want to die with way too much money and be well off, but I can't spend it because I pass away early. That's something that you need to gauge. But Using a reverse mortgage allows potentially eight years of portfolio growth where you don't have to touch that, which helps you with the tail end of retirement and longevity risk. Because the reverse mortgage is tied to your home, it's not tied to an investment portfolio. It really helps in protecting one big thing in retirement called sequence of returns risk, where when you retire, the first 10 years or eight years, or there's just a series of years where the market performs really poorly. So you can use a reverse mortgage, get some income, delay Social Security, and then let your portfolio to continue to grow over time, where when you hit age 70, as long as you're healthy and you're feeling good, which a lot of people are, you're off to the races with the next 10, 15, 20 years of really high quality retirement experiences. So that's it as we work through five things that you need to be aware of in your decision making process with Social Security. And I really think you can utilize these, even if they don't apply to you, as just jumping off points to get the juices flowing about how to make good decisions about social security and retirement. And the customer service stuff that I mentioned in the beginning, that's more to just tell you, don't slack on this stuff. It should be a trigger. It should be a key that you need to get on that right away. A couple other reasons that I really like this list is there are things that are outside of our control. The adjustments to Medicare Part B premiums and cost living adjustments, they just happen. They just deliver those to us. So we have to make decisions about those along the way. That's the same thing with the equity conversion mortgage, the FHA reverse mortgages. The amount that you can utilize or the lending limits, it's out of our control. That just happens. So this is why plan- planning is important because a lot of these things I would already have addressed for clients we would have a strategy in place to make sure to protect against all this. So when it happens, we know what's triggered and what we're going to do to protect against it. I appreciate you all for listening. I hope this was very helpful. Stay tuned to next week where we continue to dive into good retirement strategies. One of these days I will do a episode on health. The big elements taken away from the Outlive book by Peter Atia, because a lot of these decisions literally have to do with how is your health? So thanks for listening. I can't wait to see you next week. Like, subscribe, follow, comment, do all the good things. I appreciate you. We'll see you next week.